0: Good to see everybody here after Labor Day. Summer's over, right? And we're ready to get back into it. Uh, if you're visiting, my name's Tony, Tony Baker. I'm the lead pastor here at Gateway. Uh, today we're continuing, as Brandon mentioned, our series in called Runaway. It's based on the book of Jonah. Uh, today we're going to be in chapter 2, <clears throat> which it's interesting when you read your Bible. Sometimes you ever ask yourself, because I do, well, h- how did they come up with chapters and verses right because the original language the original letters just didn't have like okay Jonah's like okay chapter one you know verse one he didn't write that that came later Uh, but today it's interesting verse chapter one verse 17 is all by itself and in my opinion it needs to be part of chapter two but we'll throw it in there so it's chapter one verse 17 Through chapter 2, verse 10. That's where we're going to be today um, in that. Uh, But before we get too far, I want to do a quick review. Jonah is a narrative story, it's a story of a man. And you know, when you read a story, it's like reading chapter 1 and you want to go to chapter 2 because you're dying to find out. It's like, you know, Netflix binging on Netflix. You know, you you watch episode 1 and they leave you hanging, and you want to find out what's going to happen in episode two, right? And so you find yourself binging, and the next thing you know, you're like on episode 10 or 11, and it, you know, it's three in the morning, and you've got to go to work at five in the morning, right? So I've never done that, but uh, some of you have. I know you have because you're smiling. You're like, yeah, yeah. And that's how a story ought to be it just grabs you and it pulls you in and so we're going to continue but I want to review chapter 1 yeah, last week because it really leads into well let's just be honest things get a little fishy today okay ha 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 you know so we'll 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 get there but let's just review real quick so last week if you listened if you were here or maybe you listened online you remember that we learned that Jonah was called by God to go to the city of Nineveh. And I explained how terrible this was for him, because Nineveh is in the country of Assyria. Jonah is an Israelite, a Hebrew. The bullies of the region, the enemies of Israel... She just liked that song so much. Our worship leader's going to listen to it while I try to preach. There you go. You're good. But uh, so Nineveh is this city in. It's this large city in Assyria. Assyria is the regional bully in the Middle East at the time of Jonah. And they were enemies, and they were evil, and they weren't godly people. And God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And preach my word to them. One might think that Jonah would jump at the chance to go to Nineveh and tell them how evil they are. And to tell them that God is coming for you. Straighten up or Sodom and Gomorrah on you, right? Kind of deal. But Jonah ran. He skirted, he he decided Ain't going to happen, God. And he ran away as fast and as hard in the opposite direction. And I shared with you that he went down to Joppa and got on a ship to Tarshish, which if you look at a map of that day, Tarshish is down over all the way on the southern shores of Spain, almost as far away in his world that he could get from Nineveh. I think Jonah kind of hoped that God would forget about him and pick somebody else to go. That if Jonah just didn't go, God would just send someone else. So most of chapter 1 is about Jonah on this boat when God sends this just terrible storm that nearly cost the crew their lives and Jonah his life. The crew actually showed more compassion for Jonah. Ungodly, idol-worshiping men on sailors on this ship showed more compassion for Jonah than Jonah had compassion for Nineveh. Jonah's like, it's my fault. I'm the reason. I'm your guy. He finally comes clean and he says, just throw me over and everything will be fine. They actually tried to row back. They're like, we can't throw this guy over. That would be terrible. So they showed more compassion for Jonah than Jonah had for Nineveh. But things got really bad. They couldn't row, and we know the story. Over he went into the deep, into the raging waters of the Mediterranean. And the big idea that I hope you took away last week was the reason that Jonah ran away from God in the first place. The reason Jonah ran away. It wasn't that Jonah was lazy or that Jonah wasn't a good prophet or Jonah doubted his ability to preach God's word. It wasn't that, you know, God, I've got too much going on, man. I'm on vacation next week. And, you know, it wasn't any of that. Jonah ran from the mission of God because Jonah would not participate in anything that might benefit the Assyrians. who were those regional bullies and his enemies in the region. When God called Jonah to Nineveh, God revealed the heart of God to Jonah. That somehow God looked at a city in a non-Israeli place, in an evil, godless country, where evil was being done. It even says in the Bible that the smell of the city, the evil, it's like a smell, the stench that reached God's nostrils was so bad that God said, I've got to do something. God saw that Nineveh was worthy of his word and Jonah said, ain't gonna happen. Jonah didn't want to have anything to do or participate in anything that might benefit the Assyrians. So when God called him, He revealed his heart. Jonah's heart and God's heart were going in opposite directions. God's heart was open and compassionate and kind and willing to save Nineveh. And Jonah's heart said, ain't gonna happen. God's love God's compassion, God's kindness is awesome when it's for us. But it's not so great when it's for them. I think we're a lot like Jonah. More than we'll admit sometimes. We also run from the heart of God. I'm talking to you religious folk today we run to comfort, we run to pride, we run to indifference, we run to unforgiveness instead of the love and the compassion that is the heart of God for the lost of our world. Like the Pharisees in Jesus' day, we find justification in our religious obedience We stand on and behind the law of God while all along missing the heart of God. We have this sense of pride or satisfaction that God somehow loves me more than them because I got something right and they don't. The interesting thing about the story of Jonah is that there's a little irony there. (sighs) What if you were to look closely at where you are today and realize that the heart of God is nowhere near as close to you as you might think? What if God's heart is set in Nineveh And yours is in Tarshish, on the sandy beaches of South Spain. The irony of Jonah is this, that Jonah was a prophet, a man of God, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He knew God, he practiced his religion before God, and yet he, he is the one that is about to hit rock bottom in the bottom of the sea. About to find himself in the belly, and we had a conversation today a whale. Was it a whale or was it a big fish? Because you know a whale's not a fish, right? Does it matter? I don't think it mattered to Jonah. Because <laughs> the belly of anything's, I don't care what it is, in a good place to be. So today we ask ourselves this, what will God do with a runaway like Jonah? Things seem hopeless at this point. Jonah has now been thrown off the, the ship. He is sinking to the bottom of the sea. There seems to be no hope. Jonah needs his heart to be recalibrated. Jonah needs his heart to be shifted. Jonah needs his heart and it seems difficult to see how God is going to recalibrate Jonah's heart back to God's heart. But if we, as we get into this next part of the story, we find out that Jonah is sinking to the bottom of the sea, but God's not done with Jonah yet. Jonah, chapter 1, verse 17. I'm going to read the whole text to you, and then we're going to jump into it this morning. Let's read. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. That's probably a good thing to do if you're sinking to the bottom of the ocean, you've just thrown off of a ship, and now a big whale swallows you, swallows you and you realize, I'm not dead yet. You start praying, Right? He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the deep, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths. Well, actually, the guys on the boat hurled him into the depths, right? But we all know they were instruments of God's grace. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. I'm about to hit rock bottom, he says. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, you brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple, I almost titled this message, How Far Can You Run From God Till You Feel Like Puke? I almost titled it that, but I didn't. At first glance, you might think God is punishing Jonah. But look deeper. Do you see what's going on? Do you see what's happening? Jonah's heart is running from God's heart. And God is using this experience in his life. He is ebbing away, sinking down, hitting rock bottom. God is using this experience for him to realize that when my heart is not in tune with God's heart, my life is ebbing away. And God uses this moment to bring him back. God did not send Jonah to a watery grave. No, God in the middle of Jonah's running, showed compassion on him. Compassion. We have a God who is compassionate. We have a God that is full of love, who guides and directs and brings us back to his heart. The compassionate heart that Jonah was running from was the same compassionate heart That is now running toward Jonah. It was God's compassion. That sent the storm. That sent the fish. God is turning Jonah back. To the heart of God. How does God turn a runaway? He sends love. And compassion. And kindness. He sends love and compassion and kindness. God runs toward the runaway with His compassion. It's God's mercy that brings us back to the path of God. The Bible says it is the kindness of the Lord that leads to salvation. This is what Jonah needed. And this is what Jonah got. And this is what we need when our hearts go in the opposite direction of this compassionate, loving God. So our text today gives us these four very important clues, and I'm just going to break them down for you into how our hearts can be turned, how our hearts can be recalibrated back to the heart of God, how we might respond to this compassion, to this compassionate God that runs after us, the first thing that I see is this, that runaways must remember how bad it once was. When you read Jonah's prayer, he is remembering how bad his experience was. He's remembering how bad things can get when you're running from God. He remembers these things. Look, look into what, what, let me ask you this. What do you think was going through Jonah's mind when he went into that water? This is it. It's over. This is my fate. I'm a man of God running from God. God is punishing me, punishing me for my disobedience. The judge has spoken and the sentence is a watery grave. That's what would have been going through my mind. That God is punishing me, and then a fish swallows me. I'm alive. But for how long, right? Look how Jonah remembers his fate. Verse 2 In my distress, he says, from deep in the realm of the dead. Jonah says, I was distressed. I was in the realm of the dead. I was this close to dying. Verse 3. He says, you, God, hurled me into the sea, and your waves and your breakers, they swept over me. The currents, you know, the heart of the seas, the currents swirled about me. If you've ever been in the ocean, in a strong current or waves, you know how scary that can be. Verse 4. Jonah says, I said, I have been banished from your sight. So he's distressed. He's in the realm of the dead. He's been hurled into the sea. The waves are crashing on him. The seaweed is wrapped around his head. He's been banished from the sight of God. Can God even see me here in these waters? Verse 5. Jonah remembers that the waters were threatening him. They engulfed him. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. Verse 6. To the roots of the mountain I sank. Rock bottom down I went. The earth beneath they barred me in forever. My life was over, he's saying. Things were getting worse. And then in verse 7, he says, when my life was ebbing away, Jonah remembered through his prayer what his life was like in the deep away from God. Jonah remembered his life on the run. It wasn't great. He felt like he was sinking in distress and hopeless. But he also remembered who he was running from. Runaways must remember who they're running from. In the middle of this terrible ordeal, Jonah remembered God's compassion. It says he cried out to God even though he believed he was under God's judgment. He pleads to the judge for mercy. Look at verse 4. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again to your holy temple. I will turn from my running and look toward God. I will look to your presence. When he says, I look to your holy temple, he's saying, I'm looking to the presence of God on earth. Verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, look what he says. I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Jonah remembered who he was running from. I wonder if it crossed his mind, if God's compassion is reaching out to Nineveh, maybe, just maybe, the compassion of God might again reach out to me here in my running and so, what was the result? Look at verse 2. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. God heard him. God was listening for him. God is listening for you in your running, in these moments when your heart is not aligned with God and God speaks to you and he tries to turn you. He's listening for your cry, he's listening for your prayer verse six to the roots of the mountains i sank down the earth beneath bar me barred me in forever but you lord my god listen brought my life up from the pit the result was this the great fish swallowed jonah but god's compassion toward him was an act of grace Jonah heard Jonah opened his heart again to the heart of God he cried out to God God's heart is now open and compassionate toward Jonah Jonah was heard by God heard but God saved him God rescued him God preserved him and God delivered him in one piece one two three four five six seven eight nine ten he had all ten fingers I hope unless he lost one or two before the fish. I don't know that. But there's more. Runaways must remember how bad it was. Runaways must remember who they're running from. And runaways must remember that salvation comes from God alone. Now picture Jonah, wrapped in seaweed, curled up in the unimaginable environment of the stomach of that whale. I can't even imagine what that was like for him. At this point, I would be asking myself, self, how far can you run before you feel like puke, right? When all seemed hopeless, he knew that there was only one reason he was alive. He knew that even though his heart had run from the heart of God, there was only one reason God would have him go talk to Nineveh, that evil city, those evil people, is because salvation is not up to you or me. Salvation does not come from my ability or my will. Salvation comes when we answer the call to go and share the word and they respond because God's spirit goes before you. Jonah understood that salvation comes from God alone. Verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. That word actually is, go back, that word is actually steadfast love for them. When I first read this, I thought Jonah was talking about the idol worshipers of Nineveh. Now, don't miss this. Church folk, don't miss this. Hmm. Jonah's worthless idols. Jonah ran from the steadfast love of God because his religion became an idol. Jonah's indifference, Jonah's hate, Jonah's judgment, Jonah's lack of concern for the Assyrian people, it turned his religion into a worthless idol. The Bible is nothing but a worthless idol. The cross is nothing but a worthless idol. The doctrines of the church are nothing but worthless idols. These church buildings are nothing but worthless idols. Sunday morning is nothing but an idol worshiping time. If we miss the heart behind all of it, it is the love of God. That makes it all what it is. If we fail to love, it's idol worship. I believe it says that in the good book. If I have not love, I have nothing. Jonah realized that in all of his god worship in all of his religion in all of his law and all that he did in his religion it became a worthless idol because he missed the heart of god behind all of it that god loves the whole world not just jonah and the israelites not just us here today he loves the whole world, that none should perish but have everlasting life. And if we miss that church, we become idol worshipers. Idol worshiping turns us away from the steadfast love of God. God hit me with that this week, and I went, whoa. 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 Salvation, verse 9. It comes from the Lord. Jonah had no other hope. The sailors on that ship had no other hope. The people of Nineveh have no other hope. And you and I have no other hope except for God's strong arm of salvation that He's given us in the person of Jesus Christ. There's more. One more. So runaways, remember how bad it was. Runaways must remember who they're running from. Runaways must remember that salvation doesn't come from me, but from God. But we also must remember, runaways, that the right response to grace is obedience. Look at verse 9 and 10. Jonah says, But I with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I'll be obedient now. God has sent this fish and saved my life. He used the storm to wake me up. And because of God's compassion, because of God's love, because of God's kindness toward me, a man of God running from the heart of God, I will make my vow and I'll keep it. He says salvation comes from the Lord. And listen, and the Lord then commanded the fish. Once he got it, once his heart was recalibrated, once his heart was turned back to the heart of God, now Jonah was ready to go to Nineveh. And God said, "Okay, fish, throw him up. And he just vomited Jonah onto dry land. The right response to God's kindness and compassion to His love for us is to obey Him. Paul said it was the love of Jesus that compelled Him. The right response to God's compassion and love is to give Him our whole heart in light of, who his, of his heart. It is obedience to the mission of God. God's Cry that none should perish but have everlasting life must become our mission cry. So, think with me for a moment how you and I are like Jonah. Think about the times that you and I have run from the unexplainable, wide open, never ending, compassionate, loving heart of God. You might be saying, "Well, oh, no. When God shows His love to me, I run toward it." That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the compassionate, kind, never long-suffering, loving heart of God toward the Ninevites. Perhaps it is that difficult person in your life, a boss a co-worker, an employee. Perhaps it is a certain group of people who are bringing your neighborhood down because of their behavior. Maybe it's all those people not like us who are starting to show up in our communities. Perhaps it's that disgraceful neighbor, disrespectful neighbor, Or maybe it's a decisive political leader for you. I'm sure it's those socialist Democrats or those hateful Republicans. Maybe it's the dysfunctional family member in your life. A demeaning parent. Whoever it might be, listen, all of us know that there are people Whom we find it difficult to love, to have compassion toward, to be graceful toward, to pray for, people we find hard to forgive. These are the Ninevites of your life, those we would rather run from than to. I know we don't literally run. We don't get on ships and go to Tarshish. But we avoid them. We ignore them. We gossip about them. We criticize them. We judge them. We stay indifferent toward them. We stay embittered toward them. We post about them on our Facebook page. And then we rationalize all of it. We're God's country. And if you're not for God, you're not with me. Sometimes we even use religion as a rationale for our lack of embracing the others of our world. And just like the God who called Jonah to go to Nineveh because God deemed Nineveh worthy, The same unchanging God calls you and me to the Ninevites in our life and in our culture and our communities. Listen to me, followers of Jesus. When I run from those people, I run from the very heart of God. And I fear that we become a church where the heart of God is out there and not in here. It's a terrible place to be, church. It is Christ's unmerited favor and love for me that compels me to embrace and love those in my life that frankly don't deserve my love. But I didn't deserve God's love either. He loved me first. First. And we should love them first. Runaways must remember how bad it was. Runaways must remember how God answers. Runaways must remember how it's all God's salvation. And runaways must remember the right response. So when God brings people on your path, people you will be tempted to run from, remember God's heart. His compassion. Remember how you too were sinking deep in sin. Swallowed up by the death that is sin in your life. But by God's compassion, He showed great kindness toward you and you responded. Someone brought you that message. Someone loved you when you didn't love them. Why should we do any different? And He rescued you. He saved you. So let's ask God to reveal His compassionate heart to us again. To revive our love for others in our life. The Ninevites, who don't deserve God's love, but He loves them anyway. Let's stand. I'm going to pray a prayer this morning. And I want us to all just to repeat after me. I want everyone to pray this prayer. Just repeat after me. Father God, I confess that I am a runaway. I'm indifferent toward others. I'm judgmental toward others. I'm critical of others. I avoid certain people. They are the Ninevites of my life. I remember my life before you saved me. I remember your compassion. I remember I too was unworthy. But you deemed me worthy, you forgave me from running from your heart. I repent today and turn back toward you. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with God's love. Make our hearts full of love and boldness. Send us to the Nineveh to share the good news. God's love has come to us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now go to Nineveh and share God's word. Amen. We're going to continue our-